Hi everyone and welcome back to my channel. Let me start off by stating that I am not a law professional in any way nor have I ever claimed to be. However, I think that makes this video more applicable since I believe the majority of us aren't law professionals. Also, you see legal laws in the video title since I tend to think of the physical or natural world when I personally say the word law. So to make clear to those who think in a similar manner, I specify that I'll be talking about the laws created by those who govern human society. Thus from this point forward, for the duration of this video, law refers to legal laws. With that being said, I decided to make this video to provide you with some observations I've made concerning what is considered to be a criminal act or not. I'll also touch upon of how I think the sentencing correlates to the severity of the crime. Before I start, I will once again reiterate, this video has no correlation for if an act is actually considered criminal or not. First off, I would like to consider the purpose of laws in modern society. The laws which govern us usually serve to keep us safe or protect our well-being. I think that most of us just accept this and don't really think about why certain things are considered worse than others. However, I believe that it's based on self-preservation. The self here is based on the species, not the individual. This may seem like common sense to most, but let's remember that if we relate com common to the normal distribution to one standard deviation, this is only around 68%. Even if rounded to 70%, there may still likely be 30% of the population which don't actually know why they are allowed to do certain things. They just know if they do it, they'll be charged some penalty. Statistics out of the way, my point is, there is likely a noticeable portion of society that probably doesn't have 100% common sense. Therefore, I don't think it's such a bad thing to highlight the necessity for certain things to be penalized. In addition, if more people know why certain things may be illegal, then instead of them maybe being afraid of every little thing they do and memorizing a law offenses book or something, they'll have a better understanding of what you shouldn't do as well as the reason behind it. It's similar to the saying, Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he eats for life. Now let's get back to my original point. I believe laws are put in place to preserve human society. If I ask you what is considered a criminal offense, some of you may either say murder, theft, DUI, verbal or physical abuse, or racial acts, and the list goes on. Now if we take a closer look into what the most frequent effect these acts have on society, I think you'll begin to see where I'm going with this. All of these acts cause harm onto others of the same species, thus going against preservation. As a quick side note, I realize there are also laws in place to prevent animal cruelty, more so for those considered pets rather than wild but I don't believe they are anywhere close to severe as ones against humans, i.e. the same species. Please correct me if you feel I'm wrong in the comments below. 
For example, if someone runs over a cat on the road, most likely they won't be sentenced to prison. But if the same was done to a human, he could potentially get life depending on the severity and intent. So we've established that the most logical reason something is considered illegal is due to the fact that it harms at least one other member of the species. Now, how is the severity of the sentencing done? Again, I am not a law professional, so I could only provide you with deduction based on logical reasoning. To do so, I'm going to apply a bit of an unorthodox approach using probability. By the way, I'm thinking of doing a video that may explore how we use probability in our daily lives that we may not realize. Please let me know if that's something you may be interested in by either clicking the like button or commenting probability below. I believe the best way to explain this would be with an example. Suppose for example in the case of murder, there is first degree and second degree. For those who don't know, first degree is when it's speculated to have been planned before or premeditated. In other words, with the intent, with the intent to kill. People who commit these kinds of deeds usually have some kind of motivation against the target which leads them to such an extreme action. This is probably what comes to most people's minds when, when they hear of homicide. Second degree murder is an intentional act to kill, but it wasn't premeditated to actually kill the person beforehand, only cause them severe harm. For example, if someone perhaps gets into a street fight or something. Third degree on the other hand is when death occurs by accident. In other words, without a motivation to kill, such as a car accident. I believe the common metric here that, that, can, be, that can be used is the in level of intent. Here, if something was planned, then it should logically follow that there is more intent behind the act. If we set this on a scale from 0% to 100%, indicating the level of intent behind the act, we can interpret it as the probability the act will be classified as a more severe crime. I believe this methodology can be applied to most other crimes. Generally stated, the higher the probability that actions were taken knowing it might result in the harm of a member of the human species, the crime is then likely to be of higher severity now let's take the example of a car accident. The factor that most likely would determine the severity of sentencing in this case might be if it was a case of DUI. Now, since DUI can be classified with increasing the intent to cause harm, the sentencing would be harsher. So far, I've discussed the purpose of loss and a way to interpret its severity. Now I would like to talk about some implications of the law in terms of the possible state of mind of the would-be victims. Since there are many different types of crime, I'm just going to talk in a broad sense. If a harmful act is prevented against a potential target, they are less likely to experience negative thoughts. Of course, negative thoughts are a common way of cross-referencing your ideas, but it takes more of an apparent toll on yourself when it's done out of your control. 
Perhaps I'll make a video about cross-referencing your thoughts in the future. These heightened negative thoughts can lead to extreme circumstances. If the person is already mentally vulnerable, I believe the two most common extreme reactions might be suicide or revenge. For the case of suicide, if that person has family or friends, they might feel neg negative feelings towards whomever drove the victim to suicide. So in the end, I guess some sort of revenge towards the criminal might be the physical consequence of the crime. In fact, it can be said that revenge might be a form of subjective self-preservation. In this case, it's specifically for the self, not the species. One interpretation might be if you counter a harmful act with another, you might deter future such acts from coming your way. Or more common than not, it might just incur more detrimental consequences. Since people tend to remember and react to negative emotions more than positive ones, I believe this is also based on survival instincts. But let's not get into that now. My point is negative feelings are contagious. So in this way, I hope you can see why laws may not only prevent direct damage onto people, but also indirectly affect others through the physical manifestation of negative feelings. Since negative feelings are usually the cause of harmful actions being taken, either to yourself or others, we can assume that such feelings play a big part when crime occurs. Hence, if negative feelings are contagious, it would follow that the possibilities are increased for crimes to occur. However, since crimes themselves give rise to negative feelings, then it creates somewhat of a contagious negative cycle. Therefore, if this process would be allowed to continue to happen, the state of mind of the human population would begin to disintegrate over time at the very least. Of course, everyone knows that if physical crimes were to, were to take place, the species would fall into chaos. But even before that happens, the negative feelings that emerge from crimes can affect how the mind processes events. It can subjectively process the same event in a positive manner and a negative manner, given the right amount of motivation. Similar to a glass half full, half empty kind of situation. This will no doubt hinder the future progression of the species and will likely regress the advances we have made. I think one of the inherent duties of a sentient species, such as humans, might be self-preservation as well as progression. That's why through many different phases of evolution, we have evolved to a form which should be sufficient enough to procreate ourselves in a sustainable form. As a side note, that's what procreation is actually broken down into. Procreation. These laws should protect the advantage the advances we have made as well as future ones. Given the advanced intelligence of our species compared to other fauna, this shouldn't be too hard. I don't want to go into much more into sentient reactions and progression of species through evolution here, but I do want to get this point across. Laws are needed to enforce rules with the benefit and goal of preserving and progressing the species in a favorable manner. With all that being said, I'd like to summarize why laws are necessary. 
Laws are necessary to progress civilization. In most cases, they allow everyday processes to continue to run smoothly. They are an, they are an inherent part of our progression as a species. Instead of thinking that they act to limit us, we should think of them as a necessary means to protecting the framework of the modern world. Every sentient species tries to avoid extinction, and with the overall intelligence of humans have, sophisticated rules are one of the best ways to accomplish that. However, to achieve a progressive society, we need to have penalties in place in case another member is harmed to deter the harmful action from being taken multiple times. The severity of the penalty is based on a scale with reference to the degree the victim and those around them sustain damage. Another way to think of this process is the probability that the victim is determined to be harmed. As a side note, I did not really talk about how laws are enforced here, since that is more so based on law enforcement. Therefore, even if the laws are stated objectively, it may be enforced in a subjective way due to the enforcement party's mentality and perception at the time of judgment. Perhaps I'll make a video in the future detailing my take on how memories influence perception. But first, I would have to create videos explaining some prerequisites such as DOP or difference of priority, emotionless perception, and some others. Let me know if you would be interested down in the comments below. Also, as a disclaimer, these are all theories I came up with through my observations and have no input from a professional in the field. I'm sure some of you noticed by now, but I didn't want to talk about law enforcement here for two main reasons. One. I don't have enough observations built up to provide you guys with comprehensive statements and two for the sheer spectrum of people and implementations that are used to enforce them. If I were to roughly simulate it with a dendrogram, it might have well over 1000 branches and that's with my limited knowledge given the stories and evidence I've seen. I don't want to get into the habit of saying things when I myself don't feel I have sufficient backing. Hence, I've decided to stay away from, this, from that part of the discussion. But the main focus here is the objective purpose and use of laws anyway. Now that we've come to the end, I hope anyone listening to this has a better understanding of the objective, logical necessity of laws. And if you already knew everything I've said, I thank you for listening to me for this long. Anyways, thank you for listening to me ramble on. Bye for now and remember, keep curious.